All right, we're, we're in a message series where we're looking at heroes, real heroes that God has given us from the past. Uh, a friend of mine says the best kind of heroes are the dead, are dead heroes because they're, they're not going to mess up. <laughs> They've already, you got start to finish, you figure out what's going on there. Last week we looked at Abraham and, uh, we saw how God had promised to give Abraham a child through whom he would, uh, give descendants as countless as the stars, as many as the sands on the seashore, and that he would use this nation of people to bless the world. Pretty amazing story. And that's what God does. God God gives promise. He gives us a promise. And then he fulfills the promise many times against the odds, even in the midst of circumstances that seem really like it's never going to happen. And that's what happened with Abraham. He was 75 when he got the promise. They were childless, he and Sarah. 75, got the promise. God gives him a child when he's 100. That, that, that reminded me of Randy and Crystal Paul. Um, they're members of our congregation. They serve on the other side of the world in Central Asia. And they were moving. They'd been married 12 or 13 years. They were childless as well. And they were about to move into that part of the world to, to serve and try to connect with people and help them come to know Christ. And <clears throat> Randy told me, he said, in that culture, it, you're, it's, it's considered a curse if, you, if you're childless. He said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if God gave us a couple children. And sure enough, Crystal turns out to be pregnant when they're in, in that area of the world. And God really blessed them to, to help them fulfill his purpose, and obviously as a purpose for Nathan and Josiah. But this is what God does. In spite of the circumstances, in spite of the situation that you find yourself in, God has a purpose for your life. Right in the midst of that circumstance, in that, God has a situation with imperfect people all around, and you're wondering how it's going to turn out. In the middle of that, God has a purpose that he wants to fulfill through you. And he will give you what you need and more to help you fulfill that purpose. So that's that's what God does. That's how he works. We saw that in the life of Abraham. And we're going to see it in Moses. I've got a couple of major epic guys I'm talking about in these first two weeks of this series. I mean, Abraham covers a lot of... A lot, of, a lot of history there. So does Moses. But we pick up Moses in the beginning of the book of Exodus in the Bible, second book of the Bible. And when we pick up the story here, when Moses is born, Abraham's descendants now have been in slavery for 400 years. There's a bunch of people, but God promised to build a nation through Abraham and to give them a promised land. They've been in slavery for 400 years in Egypt. They still don't have the land that God had promised them. 400 years they're in slavery. And uh, this, is, this is also what God does. He, I, I don't know what's going on in your life right now. It may feel like you're in slavery. But God wants to use this stuff to develop us. And I think what he was doing in that 400 years, God was developing the character of his people that he could use for his purpose. He was, he was using that time 
to develop them. And that's that's what he does. There were a bunch of people. There were 600,000 fighting men. From Remember Abraham with the one child when he was 100? 600,000 fighting men. And so that meant there were a little more than 2 million people in, in slavery in Egypt at the time. More than half the population of Egypt was, were, were the Hebrews. Um, they still had no homeland. They still hadn't received the land that God had promised where Abraham moved and lived in a tent and was buried there, Abraham and his sons and his grandson. So that hadn't become a reality. It was promised, but it hadn't become a reality. And so Moses is born, and God decides it's time to begin to make that a reality, to to come through on his promise. And he chooses Moses to lead the people out of slavery in Egypt into the land that God had promised them. Now, we're to imitate men like Moses. Hebrews 6.12 says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Those two things are required if you're going to experience what God has promised. He's promised us good stuff if we follow him. And if we, if we choose faith and continue to choose patience, God brings it. But that's what it takes. You have to, you have to trust God. You have to fear God, which means do things His way, obey Him, trust Him to come through, because when you obey God, it limits your options for how you can respond in a situation. And generally that means you really have to trust Him to come through. That's faith. That's genuine faith. And it also requires patience, just a long suffering. I'm willing to hang in there and to see what God does in the midst of this situation as I walk by faith and trust him to work. It's, it's, a, it's, it's interesting because we see the promises of God. In fact, Jesus said in John 10.10, he says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. That's, what, that's a promise. That's what Jesus says. I, I read that and I think, give it to me. I'm ready. I mean, give me that life right now. You know, just zap me. Make it happen. But that's not the way it works. It, it doesn't work like that. We, we have the promise and through faith and patience, we inherit the promise. It, it requires those things so we learn how to Trust God. God gives promises and we claim them through faith and patience. So Moses leading the people out of Egypt shows us how to claim these promises. It's a fight. Internal and external. Moses is, is, uh, and, and the children of Israel, the people of Israel, the, the nation that God is building through Abraham, they find themselves in the midst of, of, a land where they're oppressed and they're um, not, not worshiping their God, a land where other gods are worshiped. And so there's this fight that goes on. As you read the story, it's a fascinating story. If you've never read it, start in Exodus, read the rest of it. But um, it's a fascinating start story of both a, 
a fight, a battle against external opposition and internal opposition that happens as Moses leads the people out of slavery. He has to deal with both of those things. That's exactly how it is for us. As we, as we set out to claim the promises of God, we, we have to deal with both external opposition because the world is, the current of the world is heading this direction to obey God. You've got to swim against the current, the exact opposite direction. So we have to deal with that. We have to factor that in. And then internally, there's this battle that goes on. And we, so we struggle. And, and that's why it requires faith and patience to inherit the promises. Because life isn't really the way, life isn't the way God intended to be since the first man and woman decided to rebel against him. Now, now we have this external opposition and the internal opposition and the stuff we have to deal with to experience God's goodness and promises. Well, not his goodness. We experience that just by taking breaths and the blessings that we have in this life. But to, to claim his promises requires faith. We have to stay in bounds, apply God's truth, and trust him to come through. So Moses has given us quite an example to follow in, in claiming these promises. Uh, the backstory is, many of you may know it, there have been a couple good movies out on uh, Moses' life, uh, the Prince of Egypt and the Ten Commandments and different things that have gone on. But uh, Moses was born at a time when the Pharaoh had, had decided that all of the, the sons of the Hebrew families should be killed. So the midwives were instructed, as soon as the baby's born, to let them die and to claim that there was something wrong with the baby and, and the baby died. And so anyway, Moses' parents, uh, when he was born, it says that he was a beautiful child. They thought he was handsome. That's what parents think, you know, really. But anyway, they thought he was handsome, and I'm sure he was. And so they decided to hide him for three months. They hid him as long as they could, and then he, I'm sure he started getting loud. And so they put him in a basket, set him in the river. He's discovered by uh, Pharaoh's daughter. And he then is raised. He's nursed by his own mother because Moses' sister is watching as all this happens. And then she goes up and says, hey, would you like me to get one of the women, Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you and the pharaoh's daughter's like yeah that'd be great so she goes and gets her mom and so she takes care of the baby early on but he's raised as pharaoh's son in in pharaoh's court and then god calls him to through a burning bush the stuff's epic that goes on in moses life he sees a burning bush, and God calls him to lead the children of Israel out of slavery. There's all, there are all kinds of miraculous events that take, take place. There's a miraculous deliverance from Egypt with ten plagues that God brings because Pharaoh is being stubborn, won't let the people go. And then Pharaoh lets the people go, changes his mind, sends the army after them. They come to the Red Sea. They're going to cross the Red Sea. It parts. The, the, the Hebrews go through without incident the egyptians they step in you know they're wiped out you probably heard that story that's the backstory truly epic stuff but here's one thing we learn as i've read about moses life 
One thing that struck me is Moses was a man who was willing to limit his personal freedom and advantage to serve God's purpose in his life and to serve the good of the people that God had made him responsible for over and over and over again. You see this in Moses' life. He is willing to set aside his own advantage, his own freedom, and serve God's purpose in a situation. And this is what we have to do, really. We're given relationships to have. We're given marriages. We're parents. We have kids. We have parents that we relate to, bosses. We're ministry leaders. We're I'm a pastor. <laughs> we have responsibility. And across the board, if you want to fulfill God's purpose in a given situation or relationship, you have to, you have to set aside your own personal advantage and be willing to limit your freedom to serve God's purpose. And that's what Moses shows us. It's one of the main things we learn from his life. So today, we're going to learn how Moses did that because he was looking to the greater reward. First of all, Moses' example shows us God's power to fulfill his purpose is given to those who choose faith. Hebrews 11 says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. <laughs> Most good parents think the same thing. This is, a, this is a brilliant kid right here, I know. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. They weren't afraid of the king. They were protecting their son. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he was about 40 when he, when he did this, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He, re, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Epic stuff because of faith. You read that, you hear, by faith, Moses did this. By faith, Moses did by faith, this went on. And what you learn is faith is the gateway that God uses to fulfill his purpose in our lives. We have to keep trusting God in situation after situation. And we, we have in, in our marriage, if you want to have a good marriage, you have to keep trusting God. Because what are you going to have to do in marriage? You're going to have to set aside your own personal freedoms. Your own, you're going to have to ignore your own advantage and look to the interests of the person that you love. That's how you love them. You're going to need God's power for that. That takes faith because who's going to take care of me, God? You know, who's going to, who, I, are they not paying attention to me? No, maybe they're not. You've got to take your focus and attention off of you, put it on them, and who's going to take care of me in the middle of all that? And so that's, this, is, this is what life's all about. Moses, on an epic scale, shows us how to live life in the day-to-day. -day. In marriage and parenting, you have, you have circumstances, situations going on with your kid. 
and and you're not quite sure how to move forward and and you're not quite sure what to say and how it's going to turn out and maybe you do know that you've got to take a risk and a step and you've got to have this conversation god i got to trust you here faith is going to be the the gateway to god's power for each situation it's true in in marriage and parenting and work situation god has given you your work and he wants to bless you in it he wants to bless your company through you and the people around you and he's going to give you the power you need as you trust him as you do life his way and as you trust him in that situation it's the same across the board friendships finances dealing with trouble whatever it is we face a situation and respond my my knee jerk this is something that came to mind a couple weeks ago i was looking at my my week and thinking all right what do i have to do this week you, know, you ever thought that, what do I have to do now? All right, I'll just try to check off the list and do the stuff I got to do. Or, or a situation comes up and you think, why do I have to deal with this? Why do I have to deal with this right now? Well, I caught myself in that line of thinking, and I began to realize that's a really bad question. It's not the right question to ask. A better question to ask would be, what can I do this week to fulfill God's purpose for me in each situation that I deal with? Not why do I have to work through this or deal with this, but what is God's purpose in this and how can I fulfill it? Boy, that really, what can I do? What is it that I can do? To make a difference. That changes the focus. I've been, I've been changing that question for the last couple of weeks. I've asked, hey, okay, look what's going on. What can I do here to help it move forward? And you find yourself in some situations and circumstances that are far from perfect. And the other factor is wherever you go, there you are. I find that to be true. Wherever I go, there I am. And I'm imperfect. I'm in the situation, and I, I got a lot to learn. And I don't always do, do things well. And so, even in the midst of all that going on, I can, I can say, okay, God, what can I do to fulfill your purpose? And maybe, if I'll set out to do that, I can pull some others along toward his purpose as well. If I mix in my purposes to each situation... Okay, God, I'll try to do what you want, but boy, I'd like to get a little for me. Stress and discontent. Stress. And man, I'm not happy with it because I've got to deal with another problem. i got to do it. Um, so it's, it's really crucial to, to learn to focus on God's purpose. That, that's what Moses did. In, in a huge way, we're going to find that he walked away from the advantages that he had. And you focus on God's purpose because God's purpose brings God's blessing. And we choose faith, and God gives us the power to do his purpose as we set our heart on him. So look at the situation. You, you may be in one right now. You, something comes to mind, you know, why, why do I have to deal with this? Or 
All right, what do I have to do? Look at the situation, and you're going to put a pri- one priority at the top. You're going to choose what goes to the top, what you're going to focus on. It's either going to be my wants, me, or I can't believe they said that or did this, so I'm going to make them pay. Or it's going to be God's priority and purpose in the situation. Moses shows us time and time again, as you read his story, and I I encourage you, it's a good story to read. He puts God's purpose and priority at the top over and over and over again. And God does some amazing things through his life. Something else we learn that flows from that, from Moses, is that God's priority and purpose brings a greater reward. That's, That's why you put it at the top. That's why you set your heart on his purpose. Because that's where the greater reward comes from. Here's another way of saying a, ver- a passage that we read earlier. It was, it was faith, 11, 24 through 26, Hebrews. It was faith that made Moses, when he had grown up, refuse to be called the son of the king's daughter. He preferred to suffer with God's people rather than to enjoy sin for a little while. He reckoned that the suffer scorn for the Messiah was worth far more Then all the treasures of Egypt, for he kept his eyes on the future reward. As the son of the Pharaoh, Moses had many advantages uh, over his fellow Hebrews, the slaves. He, He had access to the best education. He could pursue literary, he could go after literary pursuits and scientific pursuits. He was well connected to the most important people in the country. He had a a bunch of status, potential life of ease and pleasure, and the prospect of amazing wealth. God gave Moses this background not to indulge him, but to prepare him for his purpose. So Moses walked away from all that because he decided... I'm going to put God's priority and purpose above my pleasure, my advantage, my status, a life of ease, a life of pleasure. It's, it's God's purpose is at the top. So he walked away from it all. And, and in doing that, he sets an amazing example for us as he does it. God gave him that background not to indulge him, but to prepare him. And it's the same for all of us. I don't know I don't know all of your stories or your background but your background God has given you because he wants to use it to prepare you for his purpose. From you can decide from this day forward to put his purpose as your number one priority. God, I want to live for you. And he will take your background and he will begin to weave it together and use it for his purpose both in your own life and the lives of others and your family and the people that you're connected to. God will do that. Now, it's interesting. Nathan Lewis is going to be speaking about Joseph, another hero from the Old Testament pretty soon. Um, and uh, he, he had a very different track <laughs> that God used to prepare him. He was dished by his brothers who were jealous, thrown in a hole, actually sold into slavery. They, were, they, they dug the hole. I think they were about to throw him in and decided, hey, let's not just bury him. Let's sell him. So they sold him into slavery, and then he 
through course of events, I don't want to steal Nathan's thunder and tell the story, but he gets thrown in prison for, for nothing, doing nothing wrong. So Joseph, here's my point. Joseph is on a very different track than Moses to get prepared for God's purpose for his life. I don't know what track you've been on, but the way God is, no matter where you've been, he wants to take that and he wants to use it for his purpose in the future. If you'll look to the greater reward, if you'll put his purpose as your top priority, we were made to be used by God. We were made for his purpose. And so when we live for his purpose, we're living for the greater reward. But there is, even in the here and now, no greater sense of reward than being used by God to bless others, to to fulfill his purpose. What we tend to do is we take the situation and we focus on feeling good about it. We're feeling good about ourselves in the middle of it. And if you focus on either feeling good or making yourself feel good, it's like a mirage. That goes away. But if you'll take the situation and focus on doing right before God, glorifying him, trying to fulfill his purpose, making him the priority, well, the good feelings flow out of that as as you're connected to the reason you were made, if you set your heart on God's purpose for your life. So set yourself to do right. It, it brings a satisfaction that nothing else does. Because you were made for it. You and I were made for it. And God put eternity in our hearts. And when we set ourselves on his purpose, it, it's, there's this pull toward that eternal stuff. That makes it right and good for us. So we were made to serve him. And uh, we were made in a way that that is where the deep satisfaction comes from. Doing what God wants. Another thing we learned from Moses is that God's, God's presence gives us the courage to fulfill his purpose. Exodus 3 is the account of uh, the burning bush and then the beginning, well, the end of 2, and then beginning of 3, there's a conversation going on with God at the bush. And, and God says in uh, Exodus 3, 10 through 12, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought out the people, when you brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I, I can identify with that. And, and actually, there, almost every time somebody was called by God to rise up and lead, they ask the same question. Who am I, God? How am I going to pull this off? Gideon was a judge, a leader in Israel uh, several hundreds of years later. Um, and he asked the same question. There was a, they were, Israel was being oppressed by the Midianites, and God chose Gideon to be the one. He, was, he came to him and said, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. You are, going to, you are going to throw off the oppressors. Gideon said, who am I, God? How am I going to do that? I'm from a small clan in Manasseh. I mean, I just, I'm from this, I'm, I'm from a little 
part of a little tribe and how are you going to use me to bring deliverance? And God said the same thing. I will be with you. Every, this is a pattern in scripture that you see. God calls people. They don't know how they're going to do it. God says, I will be with you. It's actually woven into the great commission that Jesus gave his disciples at the end of his life. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Because you hear that assignment, and you think, how is that going to happen? How are we going to pull that off? He says, I will be with you. This is where the courage comes from, the strength, the power, the help. To do what God has called you to do. If you keep following God, you're going to end up asking yourself the same thing. God, how do I do what you want me to do? How do I fulfill your purpose? And the answer is, I'm right here with you to help you do it. And so as you're moving forward in relationships, you keep your eye on him. And you keep relying on him. Hebrews 11 This is what it says about Moses, 27. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. This is how you do it. Father, our marriage isn't going well. God, would you help me to say the right things? Would you help me to do the right things? Would you help me to fulfill your purpose in this? Lord, I I want to be a good parent. I want to, it doesn't they they really need to get this. These kids need to understand some things. God, would you help me fulfill your purpose in this? Would would you show me what to do? And would you help me? Would you give me the strength? Would you give me the courage to to be the parent that I need to be or to be the friend? Maybe you need to have a conversation with someone. It's going to be a hard conversation, but you need There's been distance between you and someone else, and you need to have that conversation. God, help me. Help me to have it. Give me the words to say. This is is the way that we find the help and the power to fulfill God's purpose. As we wrap up, there may be some next steps that you want to take this morning. Uh, Maybe some have come to mind. Here Here are some options for you. My next step today is to choose faith in a situation I'm facing. To choose faith, that would mean I'm going to try to figure out what God wants, what his principles are that I need to apply to this situation. I'm going to obey those, I'm going to follow those, and I'm going to trust God as I handle that situation. So maybe that's your next step. Or, I'm going to surrender my wants to God's purpose. You've been dealing with things, and you've been... You've been focusing more on your wants, the way you want things to turn out, your needs and advantages and freedoms, and you need to set those aside and focus on God's purpose in the situation or relationship. And then finally, maybe you just need to ask God to give you the courage to do right. Lord, I know what I need to do. Would you give me the courage to do the right thing? There are some other steps you could take, I'm sure. But those are some options. Let's ask God for for help as we set out to do this. Father, we thank you for the truth that we 
find in your word. God, thank you for the example you've given us in Moses and for the, the faith and the selfless devotion to you and your people that he displayed. God, he, he laid aside his own freedom, his own advantage, and served. Help us, God, to do that because that, that's really what it takes as we find ourselves in our families. That's what it takes. Lay that aside and love. We want to love, God. Help us to do that. Help us to fulfill our responsibilities and help us to, to go for the goals that lie before us, the good goals that you've given us. Help us to claim the promises of God by exercising faith and patience in these situations. Lord, we ask for your power and help in this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.